Thanks for listening to this Anchor Podcast produced by Cave Media for Great Commission Ministries. Please subscribe to this program available on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kingdom Hero Blogcast in your podcast provider and hit the follow button. To read transcripts of these shows, just go to our website, KingdomHeroBlog.com. That's KingdomHeroBlog.com. And you can also submit questions or comments by using the contact form at KingdomHeroBlog.com slash contact. Again, thanks so much for listening, and please share this podcast with others. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are doing something a little different here, you might have noticed, at uh, Great Commission Ministries. We are combining our regular podcast with video and adding a new aspect to the program. Uh, Of course, GCM began back in 2011 with a video web series. After that ran for about seven seasons, we transitioned into other projects, moved into blogging, and then began a podcast from those blogs. That's why I call it the blogcast. Yeah. Uh, now, with uh, the addition of video again, I hope to expand the outreach of this show. For those of you who follow the blog, uh, the printed transcripts will still be available at the website, KingdomHeroBlog.com. That's KingdomHeroBlog.com. These shows will now be f- found uh, also on our, our YouTube channel. And uh, we're also adding a, a video channel on the Rumble platform as well. I'll have more info about that in the near future. On this episode, I want to talk a bit about the obvious double standard that is running rampant in our society today. We've all seen and heard the recent calls for unity, but the ones calling for unity are the same ones who just a few months ago were calling for public outrage and social unrest. They spent over four years spreading lies about Trump and his supporters, blaming us for everything that's wrong with the country. They claimed it was Trump who caused division and racial tension when that's been going on for years. And it was those on the left who had been fueling those fires since the Obama administration and even before. BLM began under Obama, not Trump. Antifa has been the militant arm of the Democratic Party, such well, much like the KKK once was. But for all the riots and unrest, they on the left promoted they blamed it all on Trump. And now, now that Biden is in office, now they're calling for unity? Really? Well, let's get to it. I'm Stace Massingill, and this is the Kingdom Hero Blogcast. Our focus as Christians ought not be on winning arguments, but on winning souls. There are those who are attempting to turn people's reliance away from God and back onto government. We need to view the actions of our government and its leaders through a very specific lens. Does what they do benefit we the people, or does it benefit them? Our true enemy will use every tool at his disposal to cause division, especially within the church. It doesn't matter if the chasm is caused by differing opinions within the church body or if it's caused by differing political views or even something as ridiculously petty as skin color. Love is the key to mending every rift. Well, some of you who have been following this program 
or my blogs for a while might be thinking, here we go, he's getting political again. But let me remind you that as Christians, our call is to the truth and we deal with moral issues. Oftentimes those issues overlap with politics, but that's no reason to ignore them. Whoever says that Christians should stay out of the political arena is either short-sighted or has a somewhat questionable agenda. As I have pointed out in the past, moral issues should never be given a pass just because they're perceived as political ones. In dealing with the concept of unity, well, this is most definitely a moral topic. Uh, Living at peace and in harmony with our fellow man is lauded throughout Scripture. On my show, I try to, uh, well, I try very hard to keep a biblical perspective about everything. Now, I'm not perfect yet. God is still working on me, so I may not always succeed at keeping that perspective. But that is indeed the goal here. So let's start with the Word of God and what it says about unity. In Psalm 133, verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Uh, Yes, it is talking about God's people in this passage, but it should be just as easily understood that it is good and pleasant when everyone can live in unity. Plus, further down in verse 3, it says, For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So when people live together in unity, God is pleased with that, and he blesses the people for it. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. This passage is speaking of unity as it pertains to the body of Christ, or the church, which is made up of people, us. But it also deals with the concept of diversity and how it ought to exist along with unity. Regardless of our differences, be they political, ethnic, social, or whatever, we should still be able to work together in harmony with one another. We can have different opinions and still get along. We can have different political views and still get along. We can certainly have different shades of skin color and still get along. To think otherwise is just plain ignorant. But there are many on the left who speak of coexistence and tolerance, all while being completely intolerant of Christianity. They make it out to be the problem. They say we Christians are the the intolerant ones, uh, when we actually should only be intolerant of evil and wickedness. They call good evil and evil good, and yet they say we should get along with their wicked ways. They speak of unity when what they really want from us is our conformity. But we'll come back to that. In Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, again, this is a clear call to Christians to be unified in spirit, but unity only works when everyone is participating in it. Where we should be patient with one another, there are unfortunately those who have no patience at all toward those they see as the opposition. 
uh, all the hate that has fomented from the establishment types in D.C. towards President Trump and his supporters is astounding. They paint us all in such a bad light that it would seem ridiculous to think they'd ever want to coexist with us. Leftist pundit Bill Maher, I don't know if you heard this or not, but he recently actually went so far as to claim that Christianity is to blame for the Capitol riots. Wow. I mean, really, Bill? In Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Continuing in verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Okay, now we're getting to the one thing that is required for unity to prevail in our hearts. Love. I've talked ad nauseum about the topic of love in the past, and we see here that it is an essential and integral part of living in unity. It is safe to assume, then, that the biggest reason for there not to be unity in our society is because there isn't enough real love for one another. Where there is no desire to love, there is no hope for unity. And frankly, those who we hear now calling for unity have absolutely no desire to embrace those with whom they disagree. Again, they don't really want unity. They say they do, but they want it on their terms. And when it's my way or the highway, well, that's not unity. That's conformity. And that's what they really want. They want us to give in and agree to do things their way. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you like this podcast? You can share it with others, but you can also send me a message. And you have a couple of choices in how to do that. First, if you go to KingdomHeroBlog.com slash contact, that's KingdomHeroBlog.com slash contact, you can submit a text message to me using the form on the contact page. Second, if you'd like to leave me a voice message, you can do that by going to anchor.fm slash kingdomhero slash message and just follow the instructions there. Again, that's anchor.fm slash kingdomhero slash message. Now, either way you do it, I'd love to hear from you. And you may even hear your comment, question, or message on a future podcast. So what are you waiting for? Go to KingdomHeroBlog.com slash contact to text me or anchor.fm slash KingdomHero slash message to leave a voice message and send me your feedback today. So what we've learned so far is that love is necessary for unity and you can't have the latter without the former and the reason for a lack of unity is the sheer lack of love in fact we've seen the exact opposite taking place racial divisions were ignited during the obama administration uh, once again uh, anyone who had, who disagreed with his policies since he was black 
those people were labeled racist. Uh, this tactic was pushed in our faces at every turn, and out of this rising hatred, which was spurred on by false accusations of racism, the leftist media began upping their game, making police officers out to be racists. There was growing resentment toward good police officers because of the acts, well, of a very few, and even oftentimes even those incidents were misrepresented. This is when the organization calling themselves Black Lives Matter was born. As we've dealt with previously, this group is not at all what its name would have you believe. But if you disagree with their stance against what they call the patriarchy or their tendency to violently riot and loot, again, you're labeled a racist. They attempt to justify their actions and lay all the blame on systemic racism, the idea of which is toxic malarkey. Uh, leftist groups like this have done more damage than good, if any good at all, and done more to perpetuate racism than to counter it. By spreading hate instead of love, they foster more and more division rather than unity. And again, this started during President Obama's term in office. Uh, still, the establishment elites in Washington, D.C. laid all the blame at the feet of Trump understand when I speak of the establishment in D.C., I'm not just referring to Democrats and the left. No, this includes those on the right with and within the Republican Party who only want to hold on to their political power and ill-gotten gains. These people are corrupt and they encourage a corrupt system. They are self-serving bureaucrats who represent their own interests rather than the interests of the people they're supposed to serve. Trump came along and challenged all that, and they hate him for it. Donald Trump wasn't a politician. Okay, He was a successful businessman who loved his country and just got tired of seeing it go down the tubes at the hands of these power-hungry crooks. He was a real threat to them, so they had to make him out to be anything and everything that the people would despise. Racist, misogynistic, homophobic, crooked, a Russian asset, a traitor, a xenophobe, a liar and spreader of hate, etc. And everyone who supported Trump was demonized as well. Hillary called us all de deplorables. Okay, uh, The media called us racist and stupid. They kept looking down their noses at us. Uh, all of this hate was generated by those on the left and those in the establishment because Trump was determined to drain the swamp and get rid of their corrupt kind. They hated him and us so much that they cheated Trump out of his landslide re-election, and they said those of us who cried foul, you know, it was rigged. Uh, they said we're, we're dangerous for saying that. We're dangerous and should be silenced and censored. Well, right on schedule, Big Tech answered the call and silenced conservative voices. They kicked President Trump off of their platforms, and they even kicked alternative platform parlay off of the Internet. These people who refuse to tolerate any opposing viewpoints, who have done everything in their power to shut us up, are now coming out and saying, hey, let's just all get along now, okay? 
after showing so much disdain and hatred for anyone who doesn't agree with them, they now have the audacity to call for unity after causing so much divisiveness and blaming us for it. They call for unity after censoring their opposition and cheating people out of their, their choice for president. Now, now they want us to just sit back and shut up. But again, that's not unity. It's conformity. When conformity is the call of our leaders, Blind obedience and compliance is what's expected. But that isn't freedom, folks. That's tyranny. And the hatred on both sides of the aisle is what's tearing our nation apart from the inside. Remember, as President Ronald Reagan once put it, if America ever falls, it won't be because of an enemy from without. It'll be due to an enemy within. Wickedness and corruption are ripping at the fabric of our foundations, and total destruction is their goal. A turn from God is their goal. Complete reliance upon government is their goal. Silencing every voice of truth is their goal. Control, total power and control of our lives, that's their goal, and they will settle for nothing less. Let's go back to the word of God. Ezekiel 11, verses 11 and 12, it says, This city will not be a pot for you, nor will you be the meat in it. I will execute judgment on you at the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord, for you have not followed my decrees or kept my laws, but have conformed to the standards of the nations around you. This passage is dealing with God executing judgment upon Israel for not keeping his laws, but instead conforming to the uh, surrounding nation's standards. Giving in to conformity is, well, the easy thing to do, especially when you don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers or appear to be going against the popular opinion or going against the grain or, you know, the, the established narrative. But we are called to something higher than the standards of other people. We are called to uphold the standards of a living God. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, the good, pleasing, and perfect will. This familiar passage is quite clear in its instruction to us. Conforming to the pattern of this world is not at all our mandate as Christians. Instead, we are to be transformed by the renewing power of God's word. Only then can we pass the tests of this life and stay within his perfect will. When people who have shown us only hatred and intolerance call us to unity without showing love or a real desire to tolerate our beliefs, what they are really calling us to is conformity. Do as we say. That's a call to bondage, to slavery. But that's not our call.
Let me take a moment to tell you about Great Commission Ministries. Beginning in 2011, this ministry was a calling I had to spread the good news of Christ. Not only that, it was designed to give hope and encouragement to those who need it most. Over the years, GCM has utilized a video web series called The GC, then moved into publishing blogs, and now these podcasts. The goal is still the same, to spread the gospel and provide encouragement, while also shining a biblical light on current events. Would you consider supporting this ministry? You can easily and securely do so through PayPal by going to KingdomHeroBlog.com slash support. That's KingdomHeroBlog.com slash support. Any gift is appreciated and will help GCM to continue being a beacon of truth, salt, and light. Go right now to KingdomHeroBlog.com slash support. That's KingdomHeroBlog.com slash support. Thank you, and God bless you. So then what should our response be? You who have followed this program for a while now have undoubtedly heard me say that we should try to live peaceably with men, but give the devil hell. It's important to keep the two separate as much as possible. I've said many times that people are not our enemy. Satan is. I often quote Ephesians 6.12, which states, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is indeed a spiritual battle, and as such, it will not be won in the court of public opinion or in arguments with those who lack spiritual wisdom. This is a fight that is not with people, but against evil forces that are at work in our world. It can't be won with physical weapons, but with the weapons of spiritual warfare. That passage in Ephesians 6 goes on to tell us how to face such spiritual battles. And I encourage you to read it and reread these scriptures regarding the, uh, the armor of God. I won't get into all that right now again, but it, it's worth your time to study it. The point here is that those people who are perhaps unwitting pawns of our true enemy, we should still try to view them in love. Those who are lost will never be found unless we care enough to witness to them and pray for them. In our battle to promote the truth, we need to keep in mind that there are lost souls at stake. Yes, we should fight lies with truth. Yes, we should stand up and speak for those who can't speak for themselves. But yes, we also ought to treat everyone with love and grace, even when they speak ill of us. We don't have to conform to their ways to show them love. We can demonstrate the true nature of unity to them by doing what Jesus has called us to do. Follow his example. Now, understand that when we do this, many of them will continue to hate us. I mean, they hated Jesus, so they'll hate anyone who is like him. But conforming to their way of thinking and living is not the answer. That might gain us a few friends and make us more acceptable to the world, but it would separate us from Christ. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, For how does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? We are not called to be man-pleasers, but to be God-pleasers. 
And we can't please God by turning from his ways and conforming to those of the world. Unity is indeed a wonderful and and even a righteous concept, but it cannot be achieved by those who would force us into submission. Anyone who tells you differently has ulterior motives in play. Love them, pray for their salvation, but do not conform to their ways, ever. I'm Stace Massengill, and I'm just saying, thanks for joining me. Thank you.